one of these just shoot was that what I exclaimed at some point during the first or second half yesterday I don't remember Maybe in the second half actually when they actually did have quite a lot of shots no shots on target at all in the first half uh, um, and a few more in the second it was it was early in the second half that you shouted that at the top of your lungs um and and that sort of sort of set the tone for the day I mean we were we went to Wembley together which was very nice it was nice to to hang out we've never been to an FA Cup final together so that, that was something a massive massive thanks to friend of the show Simon Stevens for sorting that out for us um it was lovely to hang out with Simon uh, not so lovely to watch United in action what what did you make of the whole thing well it was uh in in the one in a one sense it was shocking because this is uh at this point the biggest match of United season the only chance of silverware that was left uh, and from United, from the manager downwards, it was a total non-event. And it's not that uh, United's performance was abysmal. We've certainly had worse performances under Moyes, under Van Gaal, under Mourinho, Fergie too, but, you know, hey, he's allowed to pass. Um, but uh, it, it was the fact that there was just there was just no teeth to it. So, you know, 65-plus percent possession uh, and hardly any good chances. I mean, depending on whose XG you believe, it's between 1.2 and 1.7, depending on how they calculate it. It's not a lot. Uh, Chelsea's was lower than that and boosted by a penalty. Um, it was it was a very, very drab FA Cup and a very meek performance from United. Worse from Chelsea, by the way, but they managed to get the, the goal and United didn't. Yeah, I mean, Courtois is... The, I mean, I think the man of the match was officially given to Rudiger, which was a reasonable shout. He did play very well, but I think there's a very solid argument that Courtois was man of the match uh, in terms of the save he pulled off from Matic. Um, and then there was another one that... From, from Phil Jones, yeah. From the angle that we were watching it, it looked fairly close to him. It didn't look like, a, like an amazing save or anything. And Pogba missed that header... Um, there was the offside. Have you seen that offside goal? But I haven't seen. I didn't. I couldn't bring myself to watch any of the highlights. Have you no, seen? No, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. It, I mean, it looked. At, when everyone was celebrating, I was kind of. My instinct was to look at the linesman because it didn't look right. You know the 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 build up. So, and I've not heard a load of people complaining about how it wasn't offside. So I'm going to imagine it was. I mean. It, it started as a sort of fairly drab but fairly even affair. I think Hazard had a shot which forced a, a decent save out of De Gea. Um, but then he was through one-on-one with De Gea and, uh, and uh, well, up steps uh, Tweedledee, I guess. Like, I guess <laughs> oh, I guess, you're finally uh, yeah. on the same page. Damn me. it, I'm sad about uh, yeah. it. I mean, I, I said at the time, you know, sat next year, turned, turned, turned to my right and said he didn't need to make the tackle. He definitely didn't need to make the tackle. I mean, um, I, I suppose we would have complained uh, had uh, Hazard somehow contrived to slam that one into the top corner, but he was going wider and he was going to have to beat De Gea at his near post and in those sort of close-range situations, De Gea is, is miles above anyone on the planet. So great with his feet, so I'd have, I've still backed De Gea from that angle, uh, the player running away from goal to, to have uh, pulled off a save there. So it seemed unnecessary and, of course, it set the tone for the rest of the game because um, Chelsea coming into the game, their their best chance of winning was to ensure United had the ball. United are much better without the ball than with the ball. You know, very reactive side now after two years under Mourinho. Uh, And and Conte out Mourinho's Mourinho. I thought he got it dead right 
um, Chelsea's manager. And uh, that's going to, that one, despite what Mourinho said after the game when he was complaining about Chelsea's tactics, that they played with nine men behind the ball. So, you know, I think in private, he's going to, he's going to admire what Conte did there because Mourinho's done it dozens of times before and, and made his name from playing that kind of system and formation. Talking of system and formation, um, what was really evident was how much better United looked immediately as Lukaku came on, which is not any kind of knock against Rashford, though Rashford was appalling in that game. Like, he played very badly. Um, It it was very difficult for him to... uh, It would have been very difficult to get a good performance out of him with that system under those circumstances because the team was set up for Mourinho ball, for a big man up top. And and we saw immediate... I mean, the out ball from De Gea was not on. The long out ball from De Gea was on at no point. And there was so little width. Who scored has got it as a 4-3-1-2 with Lingard behind Sanchez and Rashford both central? So, so kind of narrow was the system. I mean, obviously that wasn't what it was designed for, but that, that's based on average positional data, isn't it? So like, that is what it was in effect. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a pity we don't get out all our usual sources of data because uh, it's amazingly in-depth for the Premier League now. And the FA Cup is uh, treated as a very, very, very minor uh, competition indeed. I can get Chinese second division data down to the individual player heat map and individual XG chain. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but not for the FA Cup. So uh, a bit limited on this one. But yeah, it was, it was a very narrow formation. I mean, you said, um, I, mean, I guess you made the obvious comparison between Rashford and Lukaku. I mean, what was obvious to me that Rashford wasn't necessarily playing down the middle all the time. You know, Sanchez was definitely in that position at times and mm. Rashford trying to run the channels. And what Lukaku gave United is a... Uh, a central focal point. He, by the way, barely touched the ball, yeah. Lukaku. Right? Yeah. He had something like five touches. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it didn't, and, and and it wasn't obvious to me that he was necessarily fit, but at least they had a man up there that's going to uh, take the attention of a couple of those three Chelsea central defenders. Um, the, the, the kind of nuances of the game... Um, like like you said, United had a lot of shots in that game. They were generally low quality shots from like low percentage chance shots from distance, um, and quite a lot of actual low quality shots. Um, Lots of low quality shots, yeah. Yeah, Martial came on late and looked bright, but ultimately didn't quite have it in him. It didn't quite have that moment of magic in him. But you're watching that, thinking, you're telling me. We wouldn't have been better off with someone who could do this with the ball on the pitch from the start. Like, utterly... Knowing how Chelsea were about to play. I mean, yeah. it was obvious five minutes in, right? So, yeah. anyway. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it, this game ending in the sort of limp fashion... I mean, not limp as in they didn't make an effort, because they were definitely trying, but limp as in execution, it really does steer the the overall feeling about the season I mean you, you said oh, sure. last week this is going to make a huge difference to how we feel about the season and and in a way that that's that's particularly the case this season because there have been these swings from being good to really good occasionally to absolutely appalling so what team turns up in the crucial moment at the moment 
at crunch time, what what has what's Mourinho got out of his players? Does Mourinho have the kind of relationship with his players that they will run through walls for him and not die, whatever, that they're confident and in form going into the biggest game of the season? Clearly not. Yeah, well, I mean, Mourinho tried to uh, preface what was about to happen in his pre-cup final uh, comments when he said that this isn't going to dominate uh, this isn't going to be how we're judged this season uh, based on this. And he's trying to say, look, it's just one game. It can go either way and that shouldn't be the judgment. But it has to be the judgment because Mourinho's style of play is only about winning. Yeah. If he doesn't win, it doesn't count because it's so drab and so awful. And, you know, there are there are plenty of people who are more supportive of Mourinho than me. I, I'd find it hard-pressed to find too many of them that are going to claim that it's good football. It hasn't been good football for a very long time. So if you're not going to play good, entertaining football, and it's supposed to be entertainment. After all, people pay an awful lot of money for this entertainment, um, well, except us. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, that's a different story. Uh, but people, you know, generally pay an awful lot of money for this entertainment. Um, and if they're not getting that, at least they want to go home happy because they've won. So, you, of course, you know, the, w- whatever marks we give later, uh, there's, there's, this is, this is uh, United doing the figure skating and falling on their asses. You know, right as the right as the denouement of the music was coming into play, so um, of course it's going to uh, affect the final score. It absolutely has to. This is a trophyless season, and they finished nineteen points behind the winners. Yeah, and haven't looked like threatening the winners for the league since October and were really limp in the Champions League when they went out and were pathetic in the League Cup when they went out, by the way, just for an additional little wrinkle. We all forget about Bristol, but it happened. You know, so this is, we will, like, we'll have an in-depth chat about what the season means. The the game, to go back to the game itself, most of all, I just left a bit sad about what what is to come. That that was the thing that that was, was kind of a, kind of a, a heavy hearted feeling really. It wasn't necessarily that it had been, you know, such a terrible, terrible performance because it, it was a limp performance. It was a poor performance rather than an abysmal one, you know. We've, oh yeah, no, no, sure. Yeah. And and I totally agree with that. I don't, we've, we've had way worse performances this season yeah. and plenty of them since Fergie retired. Yeah. But it's the biggest match of the season. You just, you're not expecting that. And uh, you, I, I certainly wasn't expecting United to, you know, to to feel so meek by the end of it. Yeah, and 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 the thing that you're kind of last season when we won the Europa League, um, even I, reflecting back on the last league game of last season, there was so much hope. I just remember Pogba walking off the pitch, kind of waving to everyone and giving it the kind of you know we're going to Stockholm, we're going to win this. This is going to be the start of something, and and it felt like it, and it felt like yeah, it's going to be another summer of significant investment in areas where it's needed. And this has been, it had been a kind of much more promising season. There'd been all those chances created, you know, and and a lot of draws that could be turned into wins and reason for genuine optimism. But I don't see any reason for genuine optimism about significant improvement next season in fact what I think is any improvements there are will be largely temporary and will be based on Mourinho shipping out 
or sidelining undeveloped players who could become something really special for functional developed players. I mean, you know, we probably have just seen Marcel's last game in United Jet, and I'm in genuine denial about that. Like, I find, like, I refuse to accept that this is really happening. It's just mm. not right. Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, it's this is a more general comment than just the FA Cup final, but for sure, like, when how many players under Mourinho have really significantly improved? Not a lot, and some have gone backwards, quite a few. Probably more have gone backwards than gone forwards. Um, do we really expect him to suddenly improve a whole host of younger players at the club? I don't think so. He may play some. There's lots of nice stats going around on Twitter showing how many more minutes uh, are, that you know academy players get at United than, than uh, Manchester City, for example. Not quite the point. <laughs> You know, quite the hundred so, points. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, an improvement to United after two years of Mourinho being manager is going to be better players, yeah. with presumably the mentality that Mourinho expects. Um, although, you know, <laughs> looking at how many of the players he's bought actually played in that cup final, got to wonder. Um, and uh, you know, and it will be incremental. There's not going to be a revolution. United will not make up twenty points next season from this point. You'd have thought. It's just Pogba, Matic, and Sanchez, right? That's, yeah, that's amazing. I didn't even think of that. That is amazing. Um, it, the, one of the things that the whole kind of does Mourinho improve players? I mean, like. At United, the answer to that has just been a fairly straightforward no, because he's got some okay performances out of our worst players. That's well done. <laughs> well, is that your job? Is it as an elite level football manager? I don't think it is. Um, but the one thing that's really notable is that all the performance improvements he have got, has got have been really temporary. So um, Matic, for example, I, I mean, he was an established player when he arrived, but he's had peaks of like really good form this season. But Rina's just played him every single week, whatever has been going on, as a result of which he's put in a load of really shambolic performances because he's been exhausted. And um, the Lingard, who had like a peak of really excellent form in the midpoint of this season, really gone off the boil again, I think. Martial, Martial finally played into form only for Alexis Sanchez to arrive and take the his position on the left wing. And we will come back to that because for me, that's uh, that's the lowest point of the season was realising that that was, that was the plan for Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if United do go out and buy a right-sided attacker this summer, won't it? Uh, given that they just bought a right-sided attacker in January and then uh, absolutely insisted on destroying a couple of younger players in the process. Yeah, um, look, uh, this is turning into a Mourinho rant. And I, I just, I, I don't think that's a surprise, really, because uh, we and uh, another 30,000 Reds at Wembley yesterday, millions around the world, uh, watched a hugely disappointing um, United performance in the cup final. I, you know, we've lost cup finals and we've won them over the years. I think that's the worst United performance in a cup final since 1995. And I remember being <laughs> furious then. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm feeling pretty, and it still hasn't gone away. So, <laughs> you know, so 20, maybe yeah, in 2038, I'll be yeah, ranting about this. Yeah, on, 
episode two thousand and something. You know, someone do the maths quickly. <laughs> oh, on one. Remember the two thousand and eighteen FA Cup was an absolute shambles. But no, I mean the, the the problem with this is if it was a performance in isolation. But we are now talking about two years. What what has he done in those two years? He's won two trophies and a charity shield, and got us into the Champions League both season. Although once relied on putting all his eggs in one 90-minute basket. And this season comfortably finished second, which is something, it is an achievement. But to tie this back into the FA Cup final, one of the reasons why this is a Mourinho rant is because it's hard to separate the performance in the FA Cup final from Mourinho. Like, and, and the specific beefs and gripes about Mourinho. No attacking pattern of play within... Within two minutes of that game, it looked for all the world like the only way United were going to win this is with a worldie. Like, it is going to take a really good goal for United to score, which it shouldn't, because you should be able to score an ordinary goal from time to time. But there's no one in the side, like, no one that you can cross the ball to and head it in. But um, more importantly than that, no one who... No, there's not going to be a pattern of play with like some nice attacking interplay and movement, which then mm. leads to a simple shot. Yeah, I mean, look, you can, and and uh, I, I don't want to uh, leave the players out of this because there are no. a lot of poor individual performances there, uh, some better than others, um, and and it's right to point to some of those good chances United had because in a game of that nature, the details really do matter. And uh, if Pogba had put uh, what was United's best chance. Um, you know, on shot XG away, then then United have won all, uh, and you know everything's to play for. Uh, and so, uh, and to be honest, that was it on really big chances. Um, so, but if that had happened and a couple of other half chances, you know, or one of them had gone in, then then of course there's a really different story to this game, of course. Uh, and that's Mourinho all over. But there just wasn't enough in the whole pattern of the game, the whole the whole package that United offered to say, yeah, we deserve more than that. I mean, Mourinho said the opposite. He blamed um, United's lack of physical presence, so no Lukaku, no Fellaini, um, and said Chelsea put nine men behind the ball, and that was easy because United didn't have a physical presence. I mean, I mean, what's in Barcelona all these years, you know, uh, win La Liga by 20 points. And it's I've always thought it's the big man up front that does it, you know? So, anyway. Yeah. I mean, Mourinho would say, of course, well, I stopped them. <laughs> but anyway, um, like, you know, it's... He did as well. Yeah. It, With 100 <sighs> points once. Yeah. Beating I, I, beating into second place one of the greatest teams that we've seen in the last 50 years. Yeah, he's, he's had some incredibly stellar achievements in his managerial career. Will he somehow contrive to pull off a stellar achievement next season? We'll we'll come on to that a bit later in the show. Um, uh, anything else you want to say about the FA Cup final? I can't think of another interesting thing to say about it. It was a nice day out. Yeah, it was a nice day out. Uh, trying to think saw of two, anything else. Saw two fights. Couple of fights, yeah, Small good fights. Good, that good, was not good. good. Didn't like that. One of them, no, was it, it was it was United fans fighting <laughs> United fans as well. Yeah, so. and but then there was one. There was one where United fans were a United fan was fighting a Chelsea fan while thousands and thousands of people just walked past, shaking their head disapprovingly, <laughs> much to the distress of nineteen seventies fans, no doubt. No one punched a horse, which was rather, no, rather disappointing. No, well, mm, I'm 
on balance glad that we didn't see a horse get punched i, I wouldn't have liked that um we were in ostensibly a neutral end but it wasn't a neutral end it was just a mixed end with no colors because there was there was about seven chelsea fans and what 100 united fans within the the, the ratio was ridiculous once once the full-time whistle went there was like four people jumping up and dancing and just everyone else flooding to the yeah. door looking on, on miserable. On the off chance that, you know, we have a couple of Chelsea fans listening, yeah. if 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 you, larger gentleman, sat in front of me with a weird wavy octopus arms thing... <laughs> every time every time we missed a well, chance, he would do... Right in, right in and tell us. Don't, didn't understand that one. It's something. It was good. It went Way! and did wobbly arms every time we missed a chance. He got to do the wobbly arms gesture a lot, to be fair. Yeah, 18 times, <laughs> uh, to be precise. Although um, a good half of those were speculative shots from outside the box. Yes. Um, the At one point he started singing Jose Mourinho, which was funny. It was funny. It was funny. Um, our best ever manager. I mean, their best ever manager. Our what? 40th best ever manager. Have we had 40 managers now? We haven't. <laughs> no, no, um, no, I don't think so. Probably um, on yeah, trophies. No, not, look, not a lot to say. That was, it was hugely disappointing. It puts a cap on what, what shouldn't have been a disappointing season. You know, it's progression, at least in terms of league position, um, which is more than we can say for, say, Liverpool, um, uh, who have managed <laughs> to finish one point worse off. Well, I mean... Um, the greatest team ever to have graced the game. Isn't there one small... Th- detail about their season you're missing there well, i don't know okay right okay fair enough <laughs> we're, we're, come on out of, come on ronnie we're living in profound denial <laughs> ed turned to me i'm off. leaving the i'm leaving the <laughs> planet if, if Liverpool win the champions league ed turned to me after the game saying you know that poll which was what would you rather we won the fa cup and they won the champions league or neither won anything it's like right i'm definitely taking the neither option now <laughs> Um, yes we all know what's happening we can all feel it in our bones the collective of all our bones can feel what's about to happen um maybe maybe it's all like we're paying a karmic price for years and years of fergie dominance and all the dominance all the shit is gonna happen in one season city are gonna win the league by 20 points and the league cup and we're gonna be beaten by a bunch of plastics in the fa cup and Liverpool, uh, well, I can't even say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that would even put pay to the amount of uh, suffering we caused at other people's expense. 2012 was direct karma for 1999, I think. You, you know what this, you know, and I, I think I've probably said this before, but um, this period post-Fergie and, and, you know, especially after games like this, makes me regret that I wasn't more of a... <laughs> during those dominant years this is Darren Richmond a friend of the show Darren Richmond once tweeted this to, and got thousands and thousands of retweets from it because it is I mean and also by the way Ed he can regret that you can't <laughs> what are you saying there's plenty <laughs> yeah I, I read United rant. very very passive aggressive that one there Paul I read I read United rant during the mid 2000s you, you were plenty actually to be fair it was normally just anti-United screed wasn't it <laughs> um, oh dear oh dear okay. how just, we just don't don't believe him ladies and gentlemen do you remember when we were like nah, it was alright that we won the league this season but it wasn't that good <laughs> Do you remember that? 
<laughs> Do you remember being like... We only won it by 10 points. A bit disappointed, to be honest. Exactly. Yeah, B-class. <laughs> yeah, feeling kind of meh about winning the league. Imagine, it's amazing how quickly things change. Um, this this game kind of made me think of the, of the Louis van Gaal FA Cup final, which wasn't particularly good performance, but had a few moments of real quality in it and was up against a much worse team. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the key, because I think the... I mean, Chelsea did... did on a on an individual basis, they defended really, really well in that game. I mean, uh, you could say it's kind of a high risk strategy to defend that deep for that long, but they executed it really flawlessly. Well, like, you'd say it's a high risk strategy playing Smalling and and uh, Jones <laughs> to the back. To be honest, <laughs> Eric Bailly is in our team and was fit. I mean, who does think it when when Fergie retired? Would you say, hi, oh, in five years' time, United? We'll start a cup final with young Smalling, Jones and Valencia at the back. I mean, if Smalling and Jones was the plan. So that, that was the plan all along. Smalling was the, the next Duncan Edwards. Don't, don't no, forget it. Phil Jones was the next Duncan Edwards. Not Chris Phil Smalling. Jones. Yeah, what yeah. did I say? Chris Smalling, Smalling yeah, was yeah. never the next Duncan Edwards. No. Um, no. Um, they were, you know, they were going to be Rio and Nemanja Mark too, but they are not, in fact, that. Should we... Um, should we half-heartedly hand out some ill-deserved awards to Manchester United players for their performances this season, Ed. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, we've Let, got- let's, let's do that. And in, and in doing so, we can sort of summarise our season, although I feel like we may have done that already. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, the goalkeeper of the season award goes to... Uh, Pereira? No. Um, obviously, that's that's not even a conversation. Defender of the year... Nobody deserves an award. No, 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 <laughs> nobody. But I'm giving it to Ashley Young. My, well, my, yeah, I mean, he's been the most consistent. Yeah. And I, I think that's actually fair. You know, Valencia's not had as good a season this season. No. Nope. Uh, Smalling, patchy. Jones, patchy and injured. Yeah. Uh, Lindelof has definitely progressed as the season has gone on. But the first half of the season, he was a total train wreck when he, when to- he played. Total mess. But he's got better. And in fact, he's coming into the cup final playing pretty well. Yeah. Um, I guess it's Jones's performance in the uh, the semi that swung it for him. Yeah, he was excellent in that game. Eric Bailly, excellent when fit, not very often fit, and then he's mysteriously fallen out with the manager. Yeah, and obviously Luke Shaw is just doesn't even count. So I think I, I think at this at this stage, I mean Luke Shaw, he, we're better sending him off to the glue factory, aren't we? By default, the award goes to Ashley Young. Well, well done, Youngie. Um, it's well deserved in that no one else deserved it at all. Um, who's been United's best midfielder this season? I suppose it's been Nemanja Matic. I guess. I mean, it'd be hard to give it to Pogba, wouldn't it, for his sort of second half of the season performances? Not too many big ones in there. Since he got- uh, Herrera has come good recently, but was dreadful or missing for the first half of the season. Uh, Jesse Lingard had a really purple patch in the autumn, didn't he? Does he count as a midfielder or is I he mean, a forward? I'm sort of thinking of him as a forward. Uh, attacking midfielder, everyone from Juan Mata to Romelu Lukaku is in, in their role in the side I'm thinking of as a forward, really. That's why I didn't say strikers, because we've only got one striker. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, there's a couple of young uns on the bench that might argue with that one. Um, yeah, yeah. No, in that case, it's probably Matic. And 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 to be honest, he had a very flat middle of the season, and yeah. he's had you know uh, he's bookended it with uh, good performances. Um, 
my my criticism of Matic is that he looks very nice on the ball. He's not nearly as effective off it as uh, some would have you believe. And I think the data shows that like hugely clearly. Not all on him, of course. Some of it's structural, but uh, I, I don't think he's anywhere near as good a defender as we could do with in there. I mean, watching Chelsea yesterday. I've said, you know, you can keep your Kevin De Bruyne, you can keep your David Silva and your Mo Salah, the player that, like, makes my heart turn, my eyes turn to, like, jealous heart emojis is N'Golo Kante because the amount that N'Golo Kante is the player that United need at the moment, it's just untrue. I mean, United should have dominated midfield, yes. I guess guess we did. Sorry, going back to the cup final here, but... Uh, you know, the Bakayoko, absolute trash. He's crap. I mean, we talked about it last summer. He's crap. Uh, £35 million. I mean, I think I complained a bit that on Twitter that Matic was expensive as a 29-year-old, you know, coming up to 30 uh, at 30 for how, what, about the same price, right? 35 plus More add-ons. More I think. Yeah. yeah um, but Bakayoko, his replacement, who may be five years younger, uh, is, is not nearly good enough. Uh, and Fabregas, who blows... Hot and cold, mostly cold, and can't, can't normally last 90 minutes and doesn't dominate any games anymore. And then Kante, but, you know, it was enough for them, given the limited roles that each of them were playing. Kante's just so good at breaking up play um, in a way that, you know, we don't have anyone that is. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Pogba, who would have been a shoe-in for this award, I'm pretty sure I predicted he'd be our player of the season, Um I thought this would be his time. I thought Matic's presence would really enable Pogba to shine. And it did briefly for about 10 games at the beginning of the season. Um, Pogba's injury uh, derailed his performances this season and something happened between him and the manager you would have to assume because since then it's just not been the same. There was a, there's been a couple of brief flurries. I mean, the second half against City, obviously the two goals, it was magnificent. That was what we all wanted, but, um, you know, he's, you know, we were joking last week about the, the extent to which I'd be defensive about Romelu Lukaku, Martial Lukaku, Pogba. These are the three players who I will ride or die for in the United squad. But you you can't you can't say that Pogba's performances all season long have been good enough. And and there's there's two things about the manager's role in that that I'd want to say. And one of them, which I don't think is on the manager, is about the system because I think it is reasonable ex- to expect more of Pogba, even in a system that doesn't suit him quite down to the ground. Um, but in terms of the um, pedigree horse management, you know, in terms of the elite athlete of the 21st century mentality getting that right to get the most out of a player that I think Mourinho has failed miserably on. Yeah, for sure. And I don't, I wouldn't want to absolve Pogba um, of all blame for a, a season that is below the standards that we expect of him or would like to see from him. Uh, but I definitely think an awful lot of it is structural. Uh, and uh, I think when it comes to, to creative players, Mourinho just doesn't know how to deal with them on an individual level at all. Yeah. He just, he just doesn't. No. So it's, there's too many examples now for it to be coincidence. Uh, he doesn't get enough out of those players. He expects them to dominate on their own. Yep. Um, and then... Which is why, by the way, and this, is, this is, won't be liked by some United, many United fans, I think Mourinho is way more of a checkbook manager than Pep Guardiola, even if Guardiola is spending more money. I mean, there's. I don't. I don't see how there's any debate in that because, yeah, Guardiola has spent money at the massive 
rich clubs he's managed to bring in brilliant players, literally his job. But also, it's not like he's ignored. It's not like Fabian Delph hasn't become like one of the best left backs in the country. That does anyone reasonably think that happens without Pep Guardiola? Like, there's no way. Like, every player in the City squad improved this season, <laughs> even the ones who were really good already. Yeah, um, maybe not John Stones. Uh, but he, uh, apart from that, yeah, many did. First half of the season, John Stones was really good. Mm. Anyway, that was midfielder of the ward. Goes to Nemanja Matic. Yeah, well done, Nemanja. Um, Romelu Lukaku, forward of the year, right? None of the... I mean, he's scored a ton of goals across all competitions of massive impact. Sure, yeah. No, I mean, it's the the only answer. I mean, I I guess if Jesse had continued his purple patch of three or four months through the whole season, he might have pushed him for that, but he didn't. No. Uh, I mean... uh, and, And, you know, he... Jesse Lingard, like Rashford and Martial, has been deeply affected by Alexis Sanchez joining. Deeply. And and Sanchez yesterday, a few bright pieces, not much though. And the, the summary of the summary of uh his his transfer, you know, unbalanced the squad, has uh, ruined the confidence of some players, has removed some players who are playing well from the team, or two, basically, it's impacted directly. Rashford perhaps not so much. Wasn't playing well enough to get in the team to start with. Um, and hasn't produced enough for it, let alone his £391,000 plus £75,000 bonus per game. The the thing about the Sanchez signing, so I, I remember talking on the podcast about how I was extremely ambivalent about the signing, then getting all caught up in the hype and excitement of it uh, when it happened. And then the, the hype and excitement has died off completely. And one of my friends said, just send him back to Arsenal. And I said to you, yesterday like have do you think Arsenal have got a buyback clause on Sanchez we could sort out because honestly the signing of Alexis Sanchez is the most depressing moment of the season for me in hindsight so the worst moments of the season Anfield nil-nil and the subsequent loss to Huddersfield which sort of lumped in together in my head Sevilla obviously Bristol City obviously yesterday obviously um the Spurs game away in the league but for me, like, number one with a bullet... Oh, and Mourinho's off the pitch. The way he's talked about the players, that's been super depressing. Um, but the worst moment of the season by far is the Alexis Sanchez signing because because of everything that it says about the club. So Sanchez is an excellent footballer. Might be that he's peaked, by the way. That's entirely possible. I mean, the man has not basically stopped playing football since about 2007. <laughs> like, he's just he's played every summer. He's played all season, you know, all that stuff. We know all that. And he's 29. Um, but the idea that it was possible that we'd be bringing him in to play on the left, because already a bit nervous about the signing, given the type of player he is, and he is quite a greedy, not greedy, but self-centred sort of player. We've seen this at Arsenal all the way through. It's it's kind of all about him. And we had an attack that was already really heavy on brilliant individuals and short on cohesion. So bringing in a player who kind of exemplifies that was obviously going to be challenging. But the idea that he was going to do that on the right, so I'm okay, fair enough, that could be great. But... To bring him in and play him on the left is genuinely, I mean, I yeah, I think it's the biggest knock against Mourinho in his whole time at United. Because I think it is such a waste of talent and such a depressing um, 
reflection on what Manchester United is in 2018. Hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. I agree with all of that. Um, and not getting great value for money. Uh, by the way, we should talk about financial results at some point, but uh, let's get on to uh, our uh, uh, managers, manager, player, rank cast awards of the season. I was a bit confused by this one. It, this is the podcaster's manager's player of the season. There is a fans player of the year. There's a player's player of the year. What, there's a manager's player of the year. Why is there no podcaster's manager's player of the year? I mean, uh, I just, the funniest moment of the season he gave an award to Scott McTominay. Why didn't the manager's player of the year play in the FA Cup final, Jose? Like, why did the player that you think's been the best all season not play in the FA Cup final, Jose? Is it because you didn't really think he was the best player of the year, is it? Is it because that was just a dig? Yet another line, yet another example in your long line of failures of personal management. Was it? Was it let yet another moment in the self-aggrandizing, myth-building magician that is Jose Mourinho, manager's player of the year? Yeah, well, well, my uh, podcaster's manager's player of the year is Luke Shaw for <laughs> sticking it up to Jose all season. Uh, or, mine or not is, quite. Mine is Anthony Martial. And <laughs> my, my podcaster's manager. I really wish Martial had scored the winner yesterday for many reasons. By the way, Anthony Martial under the circumstances, has had an unbelievably good season. Oh, his numbers are good, you know. His numbers are yeah. good. He's, he's got better numbers than Eden Hazard, who's had a trash, another trashy season. He's had, I reckon, one and a half good seasons since he's been in England. <laughs> uh, but he will be sold for like 120 to 150 million this summer. Yeah. So anyway, Jose's handling of Anthony Martial is an utter disgrace. But so, so is his giving him, as well as the fact that it's hilarious that he gave an award to Scott McTominay. Someone was saying to me, imagine how McTominay's being treated in the dressing room now. Like, you, you know, teacher's pet and all this kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> I wonder if he's got a nickname of that kind. Yeah. I, I, talking of um, players kicked out of United, as we will shortly be talking uh, of uh, Anthony Martial, um, uh, some props go to Memphis, who finished the season uh, with Leon with 22 goals and 18 assists. That's nanny levels of numbers, that is. <laughs> That's amazing because he wasn't having a very good season halfway through the season. He had an absolutely stunning end to it. Right. Well done to Memphis. I'm so happy for him. I mean, he can clearly do it in really bad leagues. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, does it uh, for a second season next year and he'll get himself a transfer to another big club. Yeah, and maybe he'll be ready for it this time. And I hope he is. And, I, you know, I wish him well. Another, uh, Will Sahar also, another excellent season from him. Um, these these kind of promising players that United brought in. Yeah, uh, uh, speculation in the papers last week that Will Sahar may be on his way to Manchester City for £50 million of your English pounds. Um, the uh, When Memphis, when Mourinho got the job I thought you know who's really gonna like Memphis it's kind of tough and bustly and direct but of course I forgot he's not a man M-A-N man <laughs> <laughs> um so what about our uh, podcaster's manager of the year awards uh my, mine's going to Rui Farrier he's seen the light yeah yeah 
Well done, Ray. We wish you well. No, the um, the rank cast manager, Manchester United Manager of the Year award goes to Alex Ferguson again for the whatever number of times. It's going to just because whatever to... he does, he just his myth gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah uh, do you know it's, uh, Fergie never lost a game and never won a game by less than three goals to nil. <laughs> Honestly, it's such a disgrace how much we'll uh, lionise Alex Ferguson now. Listen to the first seven years of our podcasts, or five <laughs> years at least. It's just, oh, he's not buying any midfielders. He's rubbish. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, um, Ree Farrier off the pastures new, bearing the Rank Cast Award for Best United <laughs> Staff Member this season. Um <laughs> Just holds it up in Jose's face. Go, this is what they think of you. Just like Scott McTominay does to Paul Pogba with his manager's player of the year award. Goal of the season? Nemanja Matic against Crystal Palace won the official goal of the season award. Um, Pretty much every goal Jesse Lingard scored. Um, A few worldies in there. Yeah, the, oh, the Sanchez to Pogba in the... um, Beautiful ball. And that header, like, from right behind his own head. Every goal Anthony Martial scored because every time it happened, an angel got its wings. Um, and he, Lukaku score any worldies? Not not so many worldies. Lots of no. Good, lots he's of not that kind goals. of player. To, you know, no. to be honest, he's more of a fox in the box. Oh, Valencia. which is interesting. Coming back to the cup final, that Mourinho sort of lionised him as a big man up front. He is a big man. He does play up front, but he doesn't play like that. Um, that goal, that Valencia goal. There was a, there was a, a classic Valencia absolute wallop. Uh, across the face of the keeper yeah yeah, I can't remember who that was against but this season more than any other has just all blended into one I feel like didn't Zlatan Ibrahimovic play for us at the beginning of the season but I mean he did technically but what I mean is I, last season and this season just seems like one big long continuum in a way uh, we should talk about the, the season as a whole so you shared with me a, a Twitter thread breaking down the data um, about United season and, and the nature of their improvement. And, of course, the results have improved significantly in terms of number of points. But uh, the underlying data is absolutely appalling, isn't it? Every area of the pitch, average possession, number of shots, quality of shots, number of chances given away, number of tackles. So we have less possession on average and are also making fewer tackles on average. Like, that... <laughs> Considering that tackles are supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to put the amount of possession into the mix when you're considering number of tackles. That's a disgraceful statistic. Sure, yeah, and that's uh, that's personnel, yeah. Um, more more shots conceded, far too many shots conceded. We've talked about on the pod quite a lot. Uh, it means that uh, uh, David De Gea's performance needed to be big, and it was big. Yeah. And he'll take an extremely big fee to take him to Real Madrid this summer. Don't think it's going to happen. Everyone seems to be confident about it. Although that, that makes me worried that the fax machine may be working again. Um, so um, I'm glad Mourinho played him yesterday because there was some talk that Romero might play, being the FA Cup goalkeeper. Played in the semi to hair, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and all this means that the... Player of the Year. I mean, I would love to have given it to Lukaku, and it wouldn't be totally undeserved. But the only the reason it would be undeserved is that David de Gea is Manchester United's Player of the Year this season. Like, sure. I mean, based on performances, he's United's only world cast player. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So well and done. Has been for the last five years, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, well done, David. You had a one year off from winning the trophy, and now you're winning it again because we and are of course, a joke. 
Mourinho, yeah, I mean, you know. Because Mourinho said that if your goalkeeper is winning player of the year, there's something wrong. I mean, we've all been saying that for the last five years because he's been winning player of the year every year because there's something wrong. I mean, it's a perfect intersection of there being something wrong and him being Manchester United's best ever goalkeeper. Mm. Well, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, clearly uh, what happens next season is is critical to United and to Mourinho and, uh, um, you, you know, you wonder whether he could he could um, get to a fourth season as United manager if the performances uh, don't improve. Although Edward Wood very clearly said this week that performances on the pitch make no difference to financial performance off it. Uh, so clearly, you know, the bean counters are happy. Um, but but given all that underlying data, are we going to have another season like this with, you know, worldy performances from David Hare uh, each week and looking to the details to win games? Yeah, prob- probably, you know, but yeah. probably with some better players and will that make a big enough difference to get trophies for United or get closer to the, the eventual winners? I think, I think I'm right in saying that I said in our season preview show that I'd uh, a se- successful season for me in the league, at least, would have been within five points of the title winners. Mm. Right, so um, uh, we we were twenty four points away from the title last season, nineteen this season. So we made a five point improvement. That's not quite what I meant, Jose. You know? <laughs> but I mean, uh, you got to, you've got to knock some points off City before you're, you know, absolutely. So if City got the total number of points that Chelsea got last season, ninety two. United would have been 11 points behind the winners. Yeah. And for me, that says not quite good enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Even though, of course, you could also say that even 93 is a very big points total. Very, very, very big. 92 is a good points total. It would have won the league in most seasons. Yeah. So, um, and we would have won the league in 1999, incidentally, with the points total we got this season. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's very hard comparing across seasons because, you know, quality. You know, in 99... We were facing Arsenal. We talked about it yesterday. Um, you know, the double-winning Arsenal side of '98, who were genuine, genuinely one of the best sides of, you know, the that 20, 25-year sort of period cohort generation. Yeah. You know, a great side. And Fergie talked about it, pushing United on, you know, more. Yeah. Um, um, and, yeah, absolutely. And 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 also, I mean, the league's changed so much since then anyway. Like, the the I think it's, it's either Dan Harris or Rob Smythe who wrote the line about Jose Mourinho turned up and uh, explained to the rest of the division that points won before Christmas also counted, you know, because the title race didn't used to start until Christmas. But anyway, um, the the grade then, I mean, I don't want to give a letter grade to every player in the squad will be here forever. And also there'll be an awful lot of C's given out. Um, but let's let's give a, a, the manager a final grade. A bunch of grade. C's on a pitch yesterday, I tell you. <laughs> I'll knock them up. I'll, I'll tee them up. You knock them down. <laughs> um, the manager then and the, and the, the, the season as a whole, C? Yeah, I think so. C was that six point five out of ten, something like that. Yeah, yeah, C. It's about C. It might. It would have been better with a trophy, of course. Yeah. And and this is where we'll disagree with Mourinho. I think if you're all about the the final result and the method doesn't matter, then uh, then then yeah, you're going to get knocked down. So I mean, C. What what he said about the game yesterday is I like, I can't be disappointed given we gave it our all and you know I'm only disappointed when we don't. 
play the way I want us to play. I'm like, okay, great. Good, good. That's good that that's the way you want us to play then, pal. Um, we'll enjoy next season a lot. I mean, so my, my rationale for giving a C when uh, the truth is the league finish is better than that under the circumstances uh, in a very strong division, lots of good teams in it. I mean, lots of bad teams too, but, you know, a, a cohort of very good teams at the top. Um, my rationale is in the data. It is in the fact that actually a lot of our wins um, have exceeded the level of our performances and it's too consistent for it to be, it's too big a factor in the season for it to be ignored in the face of results. Right, but and, and it's a season score, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's Premier League, but... Mm-hmm dumped out of the Champions League in really embarrassing fashion yeah. by a not particularly good side. By a bad side. By a bad side who then went on to sack their manager after they, they went 10 games without a win. Yeah. Uh, dumped out of the League Cup by a lower league side and and got to the Cup final, which is fantastic. Yep. You know, Especially... out from everyone, for this, everyone, but, this, but played in a really, really disappointing way. Especially like that semi-final win against Spurs was was absolutely brilliant. So the high points of the season, talked about the low points of the season earlier, high points of the season, 4-0 FC at the beginning of the season was absolutely joyous. Like it was so fun and, and so full of kind of hope and sunshine and goals and excitement, letting the horses run free and all that. Um, Lukaku's return to form uh, after his dip in form was was heartening and, and I thought he responded really well. Um, obviously... The City game, but also I think the Liverpool game at Old Trafford, um, not quite as fun as the City game, but but absolutely nullified them altogether uh, in the second half after taking the lead. Um, the, the hilarity of once again smashing Arsenal, even though they were <laughs> created way way more chances than us. <laughs> yeah, that's always good fun. Yeah, there have been some high points. Uh, I- um, it's it's just hard to when you aggregate it all together to to um to give it a high score for the season. So anyway, so shall we take some Twitter questions? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Friend of the show, Chris uh, Etchingham seventy seven. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Won't be your friend next week. You know why? Uh, says uh, when Phil Jones leaves, should United retire the number four jersey? <laughs> I'm not. I refuse to dignify that with an answer. I just f- tire Phil Jones. Uh, do you have any confidence United summer recruitment in United summer recruitment and sales? Says uh, Fergus Lockhart, one friend of the show. Uh, or will, me, will the Mourinho decline into insanity rather than gaining momentum from this point? I, I'm not sure we need to editorialise it quite <laughs> like that. Um, do we have any confidence in the United summer recruitment and sales? This is a complex one because you'd kind of say, well, maybe a bit because if it's for the last two windows have felt, um, two big windows have felt better, haven't they? More organised, less chaos, less embarrassing, no imposters, uh, no chasing around Europe, faxing every <laughs> under the sun trying to get a player. Uh, but they haven't really worked out, many of them. Uh, and, uh, you know, as evidenced by Mourinho's selection for the cup final yesterday, which is a challenge. Um, we've also got another challenge in that, are we are we still friends with Mino Raiola, who's our effective director of football? And I, I'm guessing, um, are we friends with Jorge Mendes, who's now owns Wolves? Well, he doesn't, but, you know, he's got very close ties. Uh, so there's some challenges here for Ed Woodward. Uh, he, he might have to find... 
um, another favourite son of a football agent. Kia Jurabchin, he, does he still do stuff? He, I, I'm he, sure he does. He, isn't he as bent as they come? I don't know. Allegedly, I've, hashtag, I've, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Definitely did some dodgy stuff. There's, there's Fergie's favourite, Pinny Zahavi, he's, he's still in action. So the the question about do we have any confidence? Back when I used to write about football, I wrote an article for New Maxit about um, about how it was just really hard to get excited about big name signings anymore. Even though clearly there is a substantial percentage of United fans who are basically just in it for the big transfers at this point, um, because that generates way more traffic, way more excitement, way more buzz than anything that happens on the pitch, which is very depressing, um, but interesting nonetheless. Um, but, you know, over the last... So apart from the Moyes summer, United have spent big every single summer and invested in really star players. Even in Moyes' January, Juan Mata came, and that was... That was a really marquee signing at the time. Yeah. So, you know, there's been marquee signing after marquee signing after marquee signing, and the team are better than they were, but nowhere near what we want them to be. So hard to get super excited, hard to feel super confident. If you mean, do I think we'll be able to organise substantial transfer activity, then the answer is yes. If, if, you are asking, do I think it's likely that we will have a high level of average success from those purchases? Then absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure we're structured to get the best out of our market activities. It's going to come down to Mourinho, Woodward and whatever shinies the uh, agent networks dangle in front of us, isn't it? doesn't um, seem like a long-term plan. But, you know, th- th- to go back to the point you were making about Guardiola earlier, a lot of it is about the sense that we are not likely to see major improvement in anyone that rocks up. In fact, while we're on this subject, we, we did promise some some transfer talk. So the guy with the double barrel surname is a, a name that I hear linked all the time. Yep, yeah, and I see heavily linked with uh, Milinkovic Savic. Uh, a very, I mean, I haven't seen tons of him, but a very graceful, um, ungainly tall. Is that a word? He's he's a big guy for a central for a creative central midfielder. Um, uh, very nice on the ball, just kind of silky uh, movement um, about him, um, and he would add to United's attacking options. I'm not going to base that on having watched him a lot. Uh, although Lazio are the hipsters' choice in Italy these days, aren't they? I thought that was Napoli. No, no, Lazio are now the hipsters' choice. But didn't didn't honest didn't Pep Guardiola say that Napoli are like the greatest team in football history or something? I mean, they're, they're his favourite team in the world. Okay, but if it, if it's Lazio, I'll, I'll believe you, Ed. You're, you've got your finger on the hipster pulse. <laughs> I'm not sure I do anymore. <laughs> Willian uh, is another name that is perennially linked with United um, since Mourinho turned up. Uh, I mean, that he he can play on the right side of attack and he is functional. So I don't think I'd be really bummed out if he signed. Although, of course, it would be an absolute travesty if there was any sort of swap deal with Anthony Martial to a Premier League club. But I... I I honestly can't see United being stupid enough to sell Martial to a Premier League rival. Um, no, no, no. He's more likely to go abroad for like £3 or something like that. <laughs> uh, United linked in the papers today to uh, Anderson Talisca, a uh, right-sided uh, Brazilian 
forward slash attacking midfielder. Seen seen much playing playing with Baziktas this year. Uh, seen much of Baziktas in action. No, but I feel like he's a player whose name I recognise from doing uh, football manager searches for players with creativity of above fifteen. So that's promising. <laughs> Yeah, I would say this is uh, the work of agents uh, right. at this uh, at this moment. Um, so, you know, who do we think United will actually buy? Two fullbacks, a central defender, a central midfielder, an attacker and a right-sided attacker. No way. No way. <laughs> but that might be what we need. Um, I'll work from the start of that list and see how far they get. One, say, full, one fullback, one central midfielder, and even though Mourinho said they wouldn't buy any attackers, um, I'm assuming Martial's going to go. So I'm, I'm going to say they're going to get in. Let's be optimistic and say four players. So a fullback, two midfielders and a forward player. I don't think they'll bring in a centre-back this summer. Uh, no. No. Uh, um, Wayne Barton, who you'll remember who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, talking about his... Uh, his new book um, is advocating for United to go out and buy Jack Wilshire. <laughs> I, uh, I I had to um, I had to challenge him on this one. Friend of the show that he is, permanent friend of the show status that he gets I was, for being on to be interviewed. I was going to um, say um, Patreon backers will have heard me advocate for Jack Wilshire getting an England squad, but of course, actually, everyone did because you put the wrong file in the wrong place last week. Yes, um, I, I couldn't get to 23 men. I only had 22. So in the <laughs> dying embers of last week's show, I said, oh, all right, Wilshire then. But of course, he's been <laughs> for very many years. Um, he just can't stay fit. That's that's his problem. If he if he was fit all the time and had progressed from the player he was at 18, then uh, yeah, sure. No, I mean, it would be a ridiculous signing given his history. I've just Googled MUFC transfer rumours um, and it's very depressing fare, not in terms of the players we linked with necessarily, but the quality of journalism. The Manchester Evening News quoting a Don Ballon report. Don Ballon, who um, Bleach Report consider uh, a, a Bleach Report who will accept rumours if they're cited by from the Sun or the Star uh, won't accept Don Ballon as a, Don Ballon as a citation because they are specifically irreputable. Um, but Manchester Evening News will report on Don Ballon's story, so that tells you something about that esteemed organisation. What, what are the Don Ballon uh, hits, greatest <laughs> hits at the moment? Uh, Neymar to United. Oh, of course, <laughs> um, of course. More accurately, Neymar has said he won't wait for Real Madrid and has hinted he'd like a move to Man United. So I think we all know what that means. We've we've seen this movie before. Um, that particular rumour roundup also cited a rumour from elsewhere, I think the Mirror, that John Terry would come to United, In at which point uh, I would be, I don't know, we'd have to make a podcast about a different football team. Yes, FC United rant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, the Glazer ownership probably should have pushed us over the edge, but this definitely actually would. I, of- I, got, I got a note from FC United this week uh, and uh, uh, reminding me I still have com- community shares and uh, I would not be allowed to sell them, it said. Uh, I wasn't planning on it and I'd forgotten I bought them, to be honest. But, uh, you know, still um, doing reasonably well as a club. Uh, Hit their financial ceiling, I'd say. And they have um, still some loans to repay on their new stadium. And then they can move onwards and upwards as as an example of a club that will never become European champions, but uh, uh, run mostly 
by the fans for the fans, save for a few internal arguments over the years. That seems to have, the, the storm, the worst of the storm seems to have passed there for now. Um, the Talking of the Glazers and FC United, you mentioned that we should do some financials before we take the next question. We'll do a couple more Twitter questions, but, but hit us up with what the financials are saying, Ed. Yeah, so um, summary is uh, United have piles and piles of cash. Um, and are guiding to have even more piles of cash. So the, the guidance is for revenue to complete the financial year. So this is Q3 of the financial year at somewhere between 575 and 585. That would probably leave United as the the um, largest revenue generating club on the planet. Um, adjusted EBITDA, that's for exceptionals, adjusted for exceptionals. So EBITDA is not cash, but it's a good proxy for cash. So you have to pay tax and other amortization on stuff. Um, before uh, it's actual cash, um, but 175 to 185, which means United can go and spend healthily a lot of money in the transfer market. Debt's at around 300 million. That's significantly down over the year, although a lot of that is a forex in the way that our debt uh, uh, went the wrong way um, when the pound appreciated in value. It's uh, appreciated uh, over the last few months against the dollar. So um, uh, our debt's gone down, woohoo! But uh, it's a business model choice at this point to have debt on the books anyway. Uh, commercial revenue up a little bit, broadcast revenue up a lot um, back in the Champions League uh, and um, and a new contract for Premier Leagues. You know, uh, hooray for uh, convergence of the media and telco market in the UK. We'll see how long that can last. Um, I love it when you um, when you throw in like a little spicy barb like that that some of the our listeners let's say let's uh, say all of not point three percent of the listeners will get <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly I, I, I'm here as a proxy for the ninety seven ninety nine point nine seven percent of the listeners yeah so you know headlines uh, making lots of money lots of free cash can spend lots of money in the transfer market and of course it's never all spent at once anyway it's always over the lifetime of the contracts uh, doing well player. Uh, expenses up, but 12% manageable given the the rise in um, other income. So, you know, very, very healthy financial returns for United. Uh, not so healthy um, was the look that Woodward had on the finance call this week, uh, which I joined. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not a registered analyst. I don't get a question, but um, he, um, he made a few points. Right? The one, the one that, um, hit some headlines at least was uh, when he said that um, uh, performance on the pitch uh, really has no material impact on performance, financial performance off it. Uh, he's made this sort of point before when sort of uh, gleefully talking about Liverpool's shirt sales despite not having won Premier League for 20 odd years. Um, uh, it's not a good look, it does not scan well. Uh, but he is talking to a financial audience who are mostly concerned about United's financial performance and not that on the pitch, you know, and there's a lot of misunderstanding about how the two are linked. Um, the other thing he talked about a lot, actually, and he's talked about this before, is United's place in the media market. Mm. Um, so he's talking about original content. So, you know, United do do original content uh, through MUTV. He also talked about MUTV being on more platforms. So it's not that long since MUTV was available as a direct subscription from MUTV online. Um, it was previously only uh, as part of a bundle, aggregated bundle. That was actually part of the business model. You get a transmission fee when you're on someone else's platform like Sky or Virgin 
in this country, um, expanded rapidly around the world in recent years and, and now want to go direct to consumer. They'll be on Netflix and Amazon and other platforms, I imagine. That's very interesting. It's all very, it's all very interesting. Um, well, it'd be very interesting. It'd be very interesting if somehow, I mean, it's not going to happen through uh, the collective agreement, uh, but somehow the collective, um, you know, the cartel that the Premier League uh, teams have, somehow that was broken up and it probably could only be regulatory. Um, would you know would put United in a very good position to both sell their own games and and distribute because you know um, which of course would be Nirvana for the Glazers they they'd absolutely love that yeah um yeah, Man United have a YouTube channel now as well which they didn't have before which presumably will fund will kind of be part of all of this stuff given YouTube's position as a broadcaster effectively nowadays. Yeah, um, what United also did, and here's a little quiz for you, Paul. Let's see okay. if you can get any of these. Okay. Um, announced new four new sponsorship deals <laughs> in the quarter. Uh, I'm going to read out some names. You can tell me whether they were a new partner or not. You see, this is if I no was, googling. If no I was googling. if I was still on Twitter, I would nail four out of four of these without question. Um, but given that I haven't been for uh, nearly five months now, I think I think I'm not. I'm I don't. I'm not a favourite to get these right. Okay, we'll we'll start with an easy one. Ping Ang, a financial services company. Why, why is that an easy one? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. They are a sponsor. They are a sponsor. Hooray. All right, very good, very good. Uh, Pocky, who uh, make amongst other things chocolate covered biscuit snacks. Oh, I've heard of them. They're they're a thing that I've heard of. They're Japanese. Do we do we sell sponsorships to Japanese companies? I'm, I'm going to say yes. They're a sponsor. No, they're not. Uh, see, I should have gone with my instinct because I thought, well, if I've heard of this, probably Ed's heard of it, and that's why he's added this as a potential sponsor. Uh, Hello Panda, a uh, milk-based um, biscuit snack. In what, Ma- con- in what country? Uh, many countries. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, go on, yeah. No, made that one up too. Oh, unbelievable. Many, many countries sport. should have been a tip-off. Science in well, sport. The, the yes. United, United uh, do deals. By the way, many countries is is relevant um, <laughs> because United do deals on a country basis, so single licensing agreement, regional, so multiple multiple countries, typically across the territory, and then quite a few telco deals like that, and then global partners. Science in sport is a definite yes, and it's working because I know it because I saw an advert for it in four four two with picture of United players drinking science in sport drinks. Very good. Cho our farm. What do they do? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> okay. Um, then yes, they are. They are indeed. Uh, Asia Avto, a uh, Kazakhstani auto manufacturer. That sounds right up our street. Uh, I made that one up too. Oh, you're so good at this. Anyway, you'll get the point of this game. Yeah. United continue to uh, whore themselves out to anyone who'll pay. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, a, a couple more Twitter questions. Uh, quite a few questions along the line of this one. At Naz Red Devil says, can life get any worse? Uh, <laughs> Benny Hudson says, what's even the point anymore? Um, yes, Naz, Benny, life can get worse. You could be in a war zone being shot at. The, um, what, what, on the other hand, it could get even worse than that and Liverpool could win the European <laughs> Cup next week. Um, the what even is the point anymore question is such a valid one. 
It's such a valid question at this point. If we didn't have this podcast, there is absolutely no way I'd have watched every United game this season, but whatever one I missed. Uh, you know, I think I missed one. Um, but there's no way I would have watched every game this season. I just would have, I would have watched the big games and I'd have watched a smaller game if I happened to be free at that time. But there's no way I'd be structuring my weekends around watching United this season. Um, I had an email from my old boss who sits in the Stratford end um, and he's an older chap. And he said that the, the mood around him in the Stratford end is just appalling. The atmosphere is much, is as flat as it's ever been. People are leaving 10 minutes before the end and every man, woman and child within a whatever 200 seat radius of him all want Jose Mourinho sacked so so that was an interesting uh, report from the front line I thought yeah uh, and there were a few more along that line as well Joe Wheeler says uh, when will the misery end Um, uh, uh, Dave Stay says can we sack Jose yeah this is you see they're both slightly different questions aren't they because when will the misery end the answer to that is we have absolutely no idea and probably it will be when the right managerial appointment is made and the people making that managerial appointment might as well be when when you're moving out of kind of world famous managers they're just throwing darts at a dartboard and seeing whose face it hits. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a Hardeman says uh, how much of a mess is Pochettino going to have to clean up in 12 months? <laughs> Um, the 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 Jose question of like can we sack him like obviously the answer to that is no because you can't sack the manager that's kind of got you Champions League football two seasons in a row when you didn't have it two out of the previous three seasons and um, finish second in the league behind a record breaking side you know all that nonsense like there's no way you can sack the manager even though you know I I, I don't think I would passionately I'm not like playing for paying for plane banners or anything but if Mourinho the announcement came through that Mourinho was moving to PSG I'd be doing a little jig of joy uh, Liam Hill Design says should I attend a Man United game ever again <laughs> yes yes yeah we had, must a great, do. we had a great time yesterday didn't we Ed? Um, and many questions related to and, and sorry we're going to miss out a whole bunch of these because there are lots um, related to uh, uh, Pogba, is he going to get better? Sanchez, has he unbalanced the side? Yes. Um, uh, should we keep for late? No, 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 no. How was the traffic on the way to Wembley? Um, no idea to train. No, but the traffic driving down to London was amazing. It was like one of the nicest drives I've ever had. There was just no one there. Hashtag royal wedding. Yep. The question about Pogba is a really relevant and important one. Like beginning of this season, I was super confident that we'd end up seeing the best out of Pogba this season because it was not like he was bad last season. Um, he, he was, I think he probably arguably had a better season last season. Although the one thing you would have to say is he has made a shed load of assists in the league this season. Um, something we've mentioned on the podcast before, but no, there's there's no doubt we, we need to be getting more out of Pogba if we want to get to the next level as a team. Mm. Yeah, there's quite a few questions about uh, what the future brings. So g- give me a positive narrative okay. uh, about, you know, how, how what happens this summer to make United um, uh, a winning side, an exciting side, um, and to get rid of all the negativity next year? 
assuming that Jose stays because well, he will. Well, that's the thing because uh, like the first answer for a positive narrative to that is that Mourinho leaves. I mean, <laughs> Ferguson signing up as his assistant manager. Um, uh, I th- by the way, having said that there was no one in the world ready, he seems to have conceded that there's someone in the world ready, but he's someone that's already at a club. Lots of people speculating that that might be Ita Karanka, the current Nottingham Forest manager and former Jose number two. Um, anyway. Arsene's on the market. <laughs> Any takers? <laughs> I think, I mean, I think the football would be slightly more injured. They'd probably be quite an ironically good combination, actually, because Mourinho will terrify him and Arsene will cheer him up and actually sort of say, hey, have you thought about uh, maybe passing the ball to a guy near you? Anyway, it's not like we've been playing long ball all season, but, you know, narrative. Uh, a positive narrative. I mean, we signed two full-backs... And two central midfielders. That's those are the four signings we make, and we keep Martial. And uh, Mourinho commits to playing Sanchez on the right. There you go. There's a, there's a positive narrative. So we've got two new fullbacks, Sidibe and someone else. Um, then we've got two central midfielders, the chap, the aforementioned chap with the double barrel name, and Luka Modric. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah, um, and somehow, I mean. It's it's really pathetic that the only positive narratives now are just about who we sign. Oh, okay, here's a positive narrative. Uh, Angel Gomez, Axel Twanzebe and Timothy Fosumenta all become integral members of the first team squad next season. But then you did say with Jose in charge, so that's basically definitely not going to happen. He didn't play those guys in a meaningless, <laughs> absolutely nothing game. Well, two of them were still Last weekend. Two of them were still on loan, to be fair. Yeah, but, but yes, excuse. point taken. All right, let's have one more question then. All right. And related to that, last question of the week. Uh, at Haley Bob 9 Keith Gibraltar says, uh, are there any positives we can take from the cup final loss for the younger players like Pogba, Lingard, Rashford, or will this crush their confidence even further? Wow. I mean, I you know, they, they, they've... Jesse Lingard put... Uh, little comment on Marcus Ranford's Instagram post about this saying we'll be Marcia, ba- M- Marcus Ranford's what did I say Marcus Jesse Lingard posted a comment on Marcus Rashford's Instagram post where Marcus Rashford was sad about losing and he was like we 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 come back stronger bro and then Marcus Rashford replied with the 100 emoji so you know there's some hope in emoji form for you right there yeah when uh, Marcus uh Rashford was falling over the ball yesterday. Uh, not sure his confidence was particularly buoyed by that cup final performance. No, uh, you know, when you when you compare that to the incredible confidence he displayed in the FA Cup final in 2015, that's a bit of a knock against Mourinho and how he's handled him in the last two years. Uh, yes. All right, shall we move on and preview next week's game? Ah, oh, there is no next week's game. So let's let's commit to... Our transfer predictions. First of all, um, name the players who you actually think Manchester United will sell this summer. Um, who I actually think will go? Well, yeah. Carrick has gone. Fellaini is going. Clear, you know, not even in the squad yesterday. Although, I guess that was injury. We'll see. Um, sure. What's the point at this point? Yeah, it'd be it'd be some kind of you know child cruelty, I think, to keep him at the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and Martial, yeah, uh, I think that is 
So none of the centre backs are leaving. No, I, I very much doubt it. Unless yeah. we brought another one in, I'd be. I, he's not going to let one go. So, um, and that's not a priority. I mean, it might be a priority given Tweedledum and Tweedledee yesterday. Um, and and I guess it depends on how confident uh, Mourinho feels about Bailly and and Lindelof. But mm-hmm. um, he's gonna he's gonna recruit elsewhere first, I think. Yeah, I think that is a really good list. And then I guess. I would add one player we're slightly not expecting to go might also go. And what I'm really saying is I'm slightly terrified that either Pogba or De Gea will leave. Um, but the, well, the, De Gea leaving is a disaster. Yeah. Pogba, Pogba leaving is a disaster, should say. be a disaster. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not quite on the same scale, but you're going to have to no. then replace him with a world-class midfielder. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, will there be a, will there be a, a random that we're not expecting? I mean, you know, at, at this point there's no, Point dumping some of the older players, probably. I mean, if if United buy two fullbacks, oh, Darmian, young, then That's... yeah, well, Darmian will probably probably. Yeah, we go, forgot. Yeah. We for- so, literally forgot. Oh, Daily Blint as well. So, oh yeah, he'll go my, too. Yeah, Blint, Darmian, Fellaini, Carrick. um, Martial, and Shaw, and that's my list. Six players out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, right. I guess Martial's the the wild card in there. Five of them are definitely gone. Um, Martial's a wild card and, and could there be an even randomer one than that I, I hope not um, unless it's Chris Morning uh, then players in so, yeah I don't know I don't know who because I, I'm not sure I've called any of these very well over the last few summers um, left back is the first choice uh, you know even though Ashley Lone's had a good season clearly you know he's getting on um, and so and it looks like they're very long way down the road for Alexandro the um, twenty, nearly twenty-eight-year-old Juventus left back. Um, they maybe I uh, we're talking about centre backs. I mean, Toby Alderweireld is definitely available. I mean, he would be a good purchase, but um, uh, is it the the priority? So Davy's been um, linked. Uh, I'd actually go for Fabinho from um, uh, Monaco, um, who can play in two positions. Yeah, more but flexibility I'd, I'd and go... will be available. Has Fabinho, has Fabinho played fullback once in the last two seasons? Um, not sure about that. No, I'd like to look that up. But no, I mean, I'd, I would I'd go for Fabinho because he's a really good midfielder. <laughs> like that's that's why we want Fabinho in it. But all right, so so that I mean, it's easy to nail down the predictions out. And like I said earlier, I think four players in fullback, two central midfielders, one attacking player. And that's that's my prediction, and hope it's five, two fullbacks. Um, and then I think I would like to uh, predict where United are going to finish next season. Obviously, this is just a bit of fun, just a bit of fun, because it hugely depends on the summer. But as as things currently stand and as we expect what's going to happen in other teams and what's going to happen for us, where do you think United are going to finish next season? Uh, second or third? No, pick one, one or the other. Second. Okay, not going to make twenty points up. No, and not not that City not guaranteed to. to get a hundred point season. Yeah, and you know that that should be a once in a century type achievement. Um, uh, I'm just going to give up on football if they do another hundred point season. It's just, <laughs> and, just and no Liverpool, point. Liverpool win back to back Champions Leagues. <laughs> um, I think that United are going to. I do. I get I, some rope. 
I do not think that United are going to finish second again next season. I, I think they'll finish third or even fourth because I think the underlying numbers will come back to haunt them unless they make significant improvement because... I think Liverpool, I know you keep like poo-pooing Liverpool's achievements at every opportunity you get, as is your uh, contracted requirement. But I think Liverpool will improve next season. They're getting catering. We've seen how much better they've been since Van Dijk's arrived. Um, been interesting to see how their season would have been if he'd been there from what the start. Is this cast? No, I'm just Maybe saying. I'm depressed. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I, I think. I think we're going to have to improve a lot to finish ahead of Liverpool again. Next you're season. either on the bus or you're not on the bus, mate. You know, <laughs> this is a United podcast. I love led, less of this gas propaganda. All right, Jose, but I think Spurs Spurs are going to be fascinating as well next season. Like whether they well, can, if, there might be some turnover. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, their their summer has to be good too yeah. because if they're prepared to let a few players go which it looks like they are uh, Alda Viraldo already mentioned Danny Rose may well go too although you know he's not necessarily a lock-in for a game these days is he Dembele looks like they're going to cash in on this probably last summer they can get big money for him yeah uh, Eric Lamella in and out of the side looks like they're going to let him go too they'll, I'm sure they'll keep all their main players so it still has to be a good summer of purchases yep um, for them to progress. And they've not necessarily been able to do that recently, but anyway, we'll do a full season preview at the beginning of next season. Over the summer, we're going to do World Cup podcasts for sure, um, and we're going to throw in some United podcasts. I might try and reach out to some people um, as well to do some guest stuff because we haven't done much of that recently. Um, and yeah, so so keep keep your podcast feeds open for content from us over the summer. We're not We're not planning i don't think to have extended breaks but we are going to take a couple of weeks off uh now before we before we start the Look, well, it, sitting here yeah. talking into a microphone it's tiring <laughs> the vocal cords need a rest i need to you know they need to be perfectly tuned for the world cup yeah absolutely so, um, so which broadcast is sending us to russia for four or five weeks <laughs> i mean we we just turned down the rt money so that was it there's nothing we could do we had RT money. I'm not turning you down, can we? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Vladimir, I know you're listening. No, we're, we're not we RT. We're not RT. We're RC. Ooh. So the rank cast will be rolling to cover all your World Cup needs. And by all your World Cup needs, I mean slightly poorly timed, probably weekly shows covering stuff that is slightly out of date because we just don't have the uh, pr- production bandwidth to do daily shows like other other places do. Um, R- and- really, the award-winning Tom Jenkins, oh. uh, you know, hashtag Rankcast producer, yep. uh, uh, award-winning and soon-to-be-busy I mean, Thomas Jenkins. Soon to be. Uh, to, to let you behind the curtains, uh, the Rankcast's producer literally works days and nights for extended periods at a time and still brings the podcast out to you. So um, at the end of the season, we cannot let this pass without giving massive thanks and props to him. And of course, enormous thanks go out to uh, everyone that's kept the show on the road by backing us at patreon.com slash rankcast you hear me talk about that every week at the end of the show and it really is why the show is able to keep going so thank you very much very much appreciated both to tom and to the listeners yeah and to the backers and uh we we won't have too many weeks off but uh, a small break yeah probably probably back with another podcast in three weeks time i imagine we shall have two weekends where we don't record a rankcast and then 
hit hit up the airwaves once again um talking about the team that used to get us excited and now leaves us feeling flat and miserable but nonetheless we love them anyway are, are we going to record a new cut of the uh, calypso <laughs> yeah. the team that makes us go meh is manchester united all right all right see you in uh, three weeks time as you heard on the main show, the Rankcast is brought to you by people who back us at patreon.com slash Rankcast. Thank you very much to everyone who chooses to do so. And if you choose to do so for $5 plus VAT and above per month, you get access to bonus content. This week, we tried to pick our favourite World Cup. Incredible team spearheaded by just a, an otherworldly genius. I mean, the, the, his performance against England, his performance against Belgium, and then he sort of became the, the provider-in-chief in the final because Germany was smart enough to kind of stop him having space in the box and stuff. But he, uh, he nonetheless did, did the damage with assists in the final. Uh, an amazing, amazing player at the absolute peak of his powers, 1986. And... Uh, like really weird personal tangent here but when I moved to Zimbabwe at the age of 10 there was this shoe shop chain called Bata spelled B-A-T-A and when I saw it I was like that is really familiar to me why do I know this like African shoe brand like this is obviously a long way before the internet what what how do I know this and then I realized upon subsequently watching video of the 1986 World Cup that it's because there are big barter adverts behind the goal that Maradona scores his goal against England in so it's like lodged in my unconscious advertising works kids